I'm Haley Oaks, and this is Milk Trails. A journey in the out-of-hospital birth experience. Miscarriage is such a complicated and often silent topic. Unexpectedly losing an expected child can come with so many feelings of confusion, guilt, grief, as well as anxiety, doubt, and depression. While miscarriage is unfortunately not that uncommon, actually 10 to 20% of women who know they are pregnant will lose a baby early in pregnancy, it can feel like such an isolating experience. In this episode, Amanda Squiteri is proud to share the stories of the children she has birthed who are here on the outside, as well as the ones she has loved and lost on the inside. She offers her insight, advice, and reassurance of how to hold space for pregnancy loss and find the courage to conceive again. Hello, Amanda. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Very well. Good. Very well, yeah. Are you home with, with the kiddos? I am. Well, Edith is at camp right now, sports camp. She's doing she's doing yoga right now. Oh, my goodness. That's on the itinerary right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so sweet. And Enzo is playing with a little box of eggs oh. on the carpet right now. Perfect. <laughs> And it, where's where is your loving and wonderful husband, David? Oh, gosh, he's so great. He is actually um, at a at a puppet meeting right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. And maybe you have to explain a little bit about yeah. what that means. <laughs> well, he's um, he's adapting a show, and he's he's a clown and a and a director and a writer. So he's at a puppet maker's house right now our friend bob who is making a bunch of puppets for a show that he is writing right now for the louisville symphony wow Um, yeah that's a lot of things in one sentence but but it's all true (laughs) that's amazing how um how did you and david meet actually yeah so um I was singing at LA Opera, Mm -hmm. and um, he was hired to direct the large, proud scenes. Wow. Um, And I had, you know, a scene partner who, he was, you know, a a, a nice, nice fellow and, what you know, nice enough. But um, (laughs) I I saw David, and I was like, oh, goodness me. So um, anyway, he was teaching us how to, what was it? some kind of dance mm. it wasn't it was not the cha-cha <laughs> it was the tango he was teaching us the tango and David and was I, David was wow and mind you he didn't know how to tango he was just hired as the choreographer ah. but that just meant large proud scene director yeah so in any case I said to my scene partner I said you know what I think I need uh David to show me how to do it mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so, well done so I got to dance with David it was very slick on my part yes. I got to dance with him and that was that we were oh, done <laughs> that's amazing and when and how long ago was that oh gosh like 10 or 11 years ago wow yeah. amazing I know it's crazy and you know to me I mean you guys make such amazing parents and seem to have so much fun and abundance of love for your children. Did, was this always something that like you, did you know you wanted a family when you got together with him? Yeah. Well, I mean, everything with him happened so naturally. Mm. Um, 
just how fast everything went and just, you know, it just, everything was natural Mm. and, and it always felt happy. And, um, he is a father. He was a father already. Um, oh, that's you'll hear Woody in the background from Toy Story. And so has figured out how to pull the string in the back. So you'll hear Tom Hanks' voice. Perfect. He's the other <laughs> guest on the show. Yeah. So um, in any case, he, he had a nine-year-old son at the time who's now 19. Wow. And so I would see what a great father he was Mm. and for me I didn't know this was a major turn on Mm -hmm. but it was I was Mm -hmm. like oh my gosh he's such a great father (laughs) you know that's incredible (laughs) yeah and he just like I remember him saying to his son Felix one time it was like the first time Felix was visiting us and he said to Felix uh son I need you to use your fork you know, because Felix was just yeah. kind of digging into his plate with his hands. And I thought, oh, well, look at that. Oh. That's wonderful. He's <laughs> such a great father. You know, he said it <laughs> nice and gently, but also, you know, he let him know what he needed him to do. Yeah, and, very you know, assertive and but kind. Wow. Yeah, all these stirrings came up in me. And so from pretty early on, I knew that I wanted to start a family with him. Wow. Um yeah. That's so cool because you got a real life preview because I think oftentimes you can imagine how this you can romanticize how this person would be and then, you know, yeah. they've never if they've never had children it can be very different from what you imagined. Yeah. But here no, you had I a real a example. Yeah. Wow. I married a dad. Yes, so. you did. That's amazing. <laughs> um are you close with your own family and siblings and um, you know, I could, I, there's five of us. Oh, I wow. Could be, yeah, I could be closer with them. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely close with my mom and dad mm-hmm. who are amazing. Um, just are, really great. Are they still together? Yeah, they're still together wow. almost 50 years. Oh my God. Um, yeah, we just came back from visiting them, which Edith was so thrilled to be there. She just owns the place and they <laughs> just like... I don't know. She's just all they see. So (laughs) that's incredible. And how, where do they live? They live in New Jersey. So that was a flight. That's that's (laughs) a journey. Yeah. Yeah. That was a flight with the two kids. (laughs) And was that the first time that Enzo met your parents or no? No, they came out actually right after the birth. Got it. They came out, um, like a week later, they were going to come out, uh, sooner but I had asked them to wait until after Mm -hmm. Enzo was born yes always smart advice yeah um how often does Edith has she has she spent time you know with your parents I'm always amazed at like how little ones seem to remember grandparents who don't live you know next door to one to a family no it's funny that you bring that up because I'm always feeling guilty that she doesn't get to spend more time with them Mm. but you know, each time we go and visit, and I have to say it's it's no more than once a year, twice a year maybe, but yeah. pretty much once a year. And she has her bedroom there, and she Aww. has her toys there, and her things that just stay there. She, um, you know, she just loves her grandparents so mm. much. Unfortunately, David's, both of David's parents have passed away. Um, they lived in England, but 
you know, she she hasn't gotten to know them physically. Yeah. Obviously, we talk about them and show her pictures. But um, with my parents, she's just so in love with them. She loves visiting and remembers everything each time she's there. She's four now, so oh it's only gosh. been four years. And, yeah, she just loves it. That's, it's just, yeah. so wonderful. So, you, as you mentioned, you have two beautiful children, Edith and Enzo, um, mm-hmm. on this earth and, and on, this earth, on yeah. this earth. And so, I mean, I want to talk a little bit more about the, the little ones you have lost. You've experienced multiple pregnancy yes. losses. Yes, um, can you talk a little bit more about this and your experience? I'd love to, I'd love to talk about them. Um, so between Edith and Enzo, we started trying for, uh, for another baby, probably when Edith was about, well, actually when she was two years and three months. Okay. Um, no, we started when she was just a little before two years old. Okay. And I lost the first baby, uh, when Edith was about two years and three months, Mm. because that correlates with me, um, weaning Edith off of breastfeeding. Got it. You weaned her at the time that you lost the baby or before? Yeah, after... After we lost the baby, um, I thought, well, maybe, I, you know, you you think, oh, I've done this. The first loss was so devastating. Mm-hmm. I didn't think I would ever recover from it. Mm-hmm. And also the self-blame was so intense. Oh. So, <laughs> and you thought it had to do with breastfeeding? Is that where? Right. Even yeah. though so many women tandem breastfeed yeah. and... And it, you know, but you think it must be something that I did. Of course. So, <laughs> so you don't eat anything, you don't breathe Aww. anything, you don't, you know, you just like kind of the world stops. Yeah. And I do describe the period. So I, over time, I lost five babies between oh Edith and Enzo, and two of the babies were twins, and I carried them for 15 weeks. I lost them at about 11 and a half weeks. Wow. Um, so, you know, when they came out, and all of the babies were birthed at home. Mm. Um, so when they came out, I was able to, you know, see them. Wow. <laughs> so, And how yeah. did you prepare? Did you know that going into that, that you wanted to, you know, birth them at home or did you, it was a sudden unexpected, um, well, I'm going to pick him up. Yes. Go ahead. Of course. Um, yeah. So just like with my live births with Edith and Enzo, I knew that I wanted to have them naturally. I knew that I wanted to have them at home. And so when I was told that my babies had passed away, um, or didn't have a heartbeat, mm. uh, I knew that I wanted to birth them at home as well. You know, you kind of imagine or visualize what kind of birth you want to have. And whether I'm birthing my live babies or my lost babies, I wanted that experience to be a certain way. I didn't want any invasive procedures. This is just for me. Some women would probably, you know, not want to walk around knowing that they've lost their babies and their babies inside of them and they just have to wait for it to come out naturally. Mm. You know, some days it was just an absolute, like, <laughs> I don't even know how to say, but it was a mind, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Mind messed, fuck. Messed yeah. My mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was, it messed with my mind. Yeah. You know, I'm like, 
and and so that's why I say time kind of stopped and I felt mm. like you know each time I I lost or we lost another baby um it was my body so mm. I was the one waiting mm-hmm physically waiting you know David was waiting with me and there for me and I couldn't have been luckier to have a better friend Mm. to go through that with but at the same time it was like yes I wanted it naturally but yeah there were days when it really just messed with me Mm -hmm. to have to wait like three or four weeks Mm. uh, and were you were you sharing this with other loved ones or out and about? Like, cause I'm sure you were showing at, as well at 15 I was, weeks. Yeah, I was showing. So, and you know, with me, I love pregnancy. I love being pregnant. So I would share right away. Um, mm. But, you know, I would get people to say like after a while, after the second or third lost loss, well, why, why are you sharing so early? Mm, <laughs> like, interesting. Well, because I have a baby in me. Yes. And so I want to share and I'm happy. Yeah. Um, and so I realized that um, after the first loss, I realized, oh, people are really, really, really uncomfortable yeah. that my baby died. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And they don't know how to deal with it and they don't know what to say. Yeah. Um, and so they're just ignoring me Mm. they're they're not calling to see how I'm doing or how David is doing I mean no one thinks of the dad I know um they're not calling just to check in and not talk about it right they're not calling for any reason they're just not calling everyone goes silent and again the world and time stops and you're just waiting to get through this painful Mm. or emotional or very awkward for other people moment in time. Mm -hmm. And so like between Edith and Enzo, I feel like, you know, I kept saying I lost myself. I lost myself, but no, I had to get to know who I was with these new experiences, you know? And so no, um, did share with family yeah. and friends um and was really amazed and hurt by just how many people put their own discomfort before just like calling and saying hey what's up mm-hmm. even ignoring it I would rather mm. they call and say hi but have ignored it if they didn't want to talk about it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. <laughs> but no people just disappeared they really did it's so interesting that you know if this was a person whom they had met, you know, in the physical form, they would right. have treated it very differently as a normal grieving process of what right. you do and that etiquette, you know. But right. it is this, it's very difficult for people to sometimes truly respect and acknowledge this little yeah. creature, you know, yeah. no matter what how small and what age, um, that, yeah, it is a very, it's an uncomfortable, um, and, and there's not enough, there isn't enough sort of language or, or, um, I mean, it's, it seems common sense, right. Just to say, thinking of you, you know, how are you doing? Um, but that must've been really, really hard and really isolating and, and really sad. It was isolating and it was a, I was uh, very surprised and shocked by how uncomfortable uh, I made everyone, (laughs) you know, but the thing, you know, I want to mention Sarah Mm. Obermeyer, my midwife, Mm -hmm. um, 
what she did for me changed my life. Wow. What did she do? She she gave me meditations that she wrote for me. Um, She wrote a poem for me. Oh, my God. She she gave me a bowl that she um, made herself out of clay and said that I could use it for what I wanted, knowing that I would probably use it to catch the twins. You know, yeah. and I did, I did use it and I used it to catch the placenta, wow. um, you know, and mind you, I want to, I want to say like the twin loss, which was the furthest along, mm. um, cause I, you know, I saw their heartbeats on the sonogram and, yeah. you know, they were the biggest of all the losses. All the losses were before that gestation wise. But, mm-hmm. um, I want to say that, uh, Wait, what was I saying? <laughs> no, but um, about the twins and that that yeah. loss. So that happened while Edith was taking a nap in her room. Mm. I um, my water broke, and no one says your water will break, but Sarah told me my water would break. Mm. Um, so I knew, uh, you know, the other ones maybe I had was a little wet before I lost them because yeah. this everything was so tiny. Sure. But I had a, a bigger sack uh for the babies. So um so I was sitting on the bed while Edith was taking a nap and my water broke wow. and I said, Oh, they're coming. You know, mm-hmm. like well, and what was like that was, feeling for you when that yeah, happened? I was like it was such a relief mm-hmm. because I had been carrying them around for weeks knowing that I had lost them. <laughs> But at the same time, I felt like, okay, they're safe in there. Their bodies are safe in there and they'll come out when they're ready. Nothing's hurting me. Nothing's, Mm. you know, they're already gone. Nothing's hurting them. It's fine to keep them in there. You know, is the place I got to after, you know, days of having it mess with my brain. But just like, but after that, it was such a relief when the water broke. And then, so I got up. And I got her bowl and I squatted in the bathtub and, and they just came out like one and then another. Wow. And yeah. It was, it was very easy. Um, Did- of course I had some cramping, mm-hmm. but it was just such a relief. Mm. And so Sarah having prepared me physically and emotionally, uh, changed my life because I thought, oh my gosh, women who birth loss deserve the same honor and respect, uh, and information Mm -hmm. as women who birth life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. That was huge for me. Huge. (laughs) And And I felt validated and honored and, you know, yeah. And you're not doing this, you know, alone and in the dark and unsure, but instead you go into it feeling, yep, this is exactly what I thought would happen as far as, you know, the water breaking and you were ready with a container to, you know, safely catch your babies. And that's such a, to be in control of the most uncontrollable thing is, is a, is such a different experience. Right. Which is what birth is. We can be in control of, you know, totally that we can't actually control. Absolutely. Um, And were there any, you know, were there any precautions that you took as far as like, you know, if you bled too much and, and, or things like that, that you, were you in your head about that at all? Or was it very, very seamless? Yeah, no, I wasn't thinking about it in the moment. In the moment, yes, it was seamless, but I did 
have a doctor who knew everything that was going on, who yeah. was affiliated with that hospital. And I also had Sarah who mm-hmm. knew everything that was going on, who, you know, I mean, this woman helped uh, someone deliver a baby in Haiti on a porch via like emergency C-section. So I pretty much trust her with yes. my life. Yes, <laughs> I know. She is some kind of magic for sure. (laughs) And, and how, you know, how did, you know, what was that like for David and, and what was, did he need as far as like self-care goes? Like, did he have his own process and, and how did he best support you? I think for some partners, they want to know what to, you know, it's especially out of control, you know, for them, it's not in their body. And if you can speak about that. A little yeah, bit. well, my sweet boy is just like, he's the most supportive and uh, just lovely person. Mm. He's so consistent in character and so calm. And my little baby boy is just like him. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but, um, you know, we always check in with each other. Uh, I'm always checking in with him to see what he needs, how he feels. When I caught the babies I you know I put them in a jar and I covered the jar with beautiful material and put a bow around it Mm. um and I said you can open that material if you want to but Mm. you don't have to Mm -hmm. you do what you feel and um you know and I handed it to him because he came home from work I was already home and Edith was awake at the time and it was just like (laughs) you do what you have to do yeah yeah (laughs) so wow um, so he came home and he just took some time with the two of them Mm. uh and you know for some of the other losses um like I had one loss on Thanksgiving Mm. and he took Edith who was in her twos at the time he took her to the zoo which was open which was really helpful and just getting to spend special time with Edith while mama needed to rest or cry or eat or whatever I needed to do um or bleed or whatever I was doing at the time he just took extra time with Edith and always made it special and um Mm. You know, and then just if he needed time to go for a run or go read a book or do whatever, we made sure he had time for himself. And, you know, and we all painted rocks as a family Mm. um, for all the babies that we lost. And we put them in the garden. And then it was just really nice. That's so special. Yeah, it's really sad, but also like these are the losses that we birthed and then we have our two live babies yeah but they were all births and they were all something special even though they were sad and really difficult you know and did as I mean with twins um Edith was three or yes she was in her threes and did she was she made aware of of I know you said you painted rocks but did she know the significance of painting rocks I mean I think some people want to know if they should tell their kids or not and include them in it you know so did did you did you tell Edith yeah so we told her that um you know because I was showing and we had been to the doctor and we had to take her to the doctor so she saw the babies on the sonogram and everything um, but she was still pretty young, Yeah. but we were able to say, you know what? Um, the babies aren't coming yet. Mm. 
they're not coming yet, um, but, you know, you'll get your little brother or sister sometime, but it's just not yet. Mm. And mom, you know, mama's having to heal. And, uh, you know, the thing is, is that I knew, I don't know. I mean, not everyone is, (laughs) is cosmic or spiritual and that's great, Mm -hmm. but I, I felt Enzo. I knew he was there. Mm. Otherwise we wouldn't have kept trying because nobody wants to go through multiple losses, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, and we were perfectly happy with Edith. I mean, she's awesome, and we would be perfectly happy to have the two of us and Edith, you know, and her yeah. big brother off in New York. But I just felt, I just felt like we should keep trying for him, yeah. and so did David. So we did. But you know, with Edith, we just said, you know, your little brother or sister is not coming yet. We have to try again. Mm. And, and I we think we told her we were going to try again. <laughs> Oh, so, and I think that yet, you know, is it, it makes it so, um, both digestible for everyone, but especially a little one to say like, oh, okay. You know, um, and that's so, cause you know, they don't know how long a a baby takes to grow. They don't know how long a minute is. Yeah. Yeah. Or when tomorrow is or when, you know, um, and you know, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up, you know, the fact that You've just, you had this intuition that Enzo was just right there and just needed some time. And because my next question, which is, you know, a lot of um, women's questions of like how to find the courage to attempt to conceive again or, or, and, and really I think it's, it's less about courage and less about, yeah, that, that like intuition that really sort of gut instinct that of trust. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, if I didn't have a gut instinct, then I would not have any children. Mm. Because as you know, the first doctor I went to when I wanted to try to get pregnant with Edith, and I was trying for like four to six months. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was trying. David was there too. We right, right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So I went to her and I wanted to open a conversation about how what I should be doing you know Mm. at that time I I knew barely nothing so I'm like well these are the vitamins I think I should take and all of that and she said well before any of that we need to check your FSH you know your Mm. hormones Mm -hmm. and uh so we checked that and and she called me with the bad news saying that my FSH levels were too high and that, uh, and she wrote, she actually wrote it first in an email, to, not an email, like a little piece Mess- of paper oh, on gosh. my, yeah. And, uh, she said that, uh, I could not get pregnant naturally. And she said that my only hope was a donor egg, which she wow. spelled wrong, oh. spelled donor <laughs> wrong. And this is her job as a doctor. Oh, and gosh. she said, or, or IVF. And I, I said to her, I called her and I said, if you're saying that I have no viable eggs, which is what you said to me, I have no viable eggs, yeah. why do you want to, to do IVF with right. me, which just hyper produces eggs and will give me countless empty egg sacs? And she said, well, you never know. And that, well, comma, you never know was all I needed because that ignited my, mm. my faith and, and sparked my intuition that she's not right Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I went and, and by the way, I had been going to see an acupuncturist who never faltered in his security that this would be no problem. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. and also by the way, that, that, um, test that she took for my FSH yeah. and this doctor's visit, that was the last period I had had because that started my pregnancy cycle. I was pregnant. Oh my goodness. <laughs> With Edith. That is so wild. Yeah. I so, mean, wow. And that it's just yeah. like, again, you could, you could either go two ways, you know, one is like into depression and go down this whole, or just sort of like tr- really have no sense of being in touch with your body and trusting an outside source who mm-hmm. may or may not be trustworthy because they don't necessarily know how to spell. And then, or, you know, right. like, t- like kind of really dig deep and say like, uh, you know, I don't think this is yeah. right. And was she suggesting this because this is your first baby because of your age? Like, why did she want to? I was 35. Okay. And so Normal. that's considered a geriatric pregnancy, <laughs> right. even though like it's not, you know, wow. like she, she, before she asked, uh, what my health was like, looked at my blood work before, like my, my vitamins before she asked how I eat, do I exercise? Mm. I don't smoke. I don't drink. She didn't ask any of that yet. Mm. You know, she wanted to check my FSH levels, which change not only week to week, day to day, but minute to minute. Like these are hormones. They're constantly changing. And I met women after who had babies naturally who, you know, had levels way higher than mine at the time they were checked, you know? So I'm not saying don't listen to your doctor. I'm saying doctors know what they have learned. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. They know what they've learned. And, and those are the, that's the, you know, that's within their scope is looking at lab values and, and, and hormone panels. But, um, yeah, it is the equivalent of, you know, the jumping into, the end of pregnancy and a physician doing a pelvic exam and saying your bones are way too narrow. There's no way you're having a vaginal birth. And, and that person schedules a cesarean, you know, and without even an attempt because, you know, so it's just, it's so, again, it's what they know, but also there's, um, yeah, without suggesting other modalities like acupuncture or right. herbal work or or talk therapy or just whatever it may be that yeah. helps with hormones to, you know, then right. the 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 conception process. So that's so interesting. Her response to me take doing acupuncture was, it can't hurt you. But she didn't admit that it could help me because she can mm. admit that it would help me because that's not the medicine that she right. studied, yeah. you know. Yeah. And that's what I always say to people too when they, you know, perhaps get a little upset about their hospital births um, not going the way they anticipated. It's like, well, mm-hmm. it's like you're trying to order – you know, tacos at a hamburger joint. Like it's just not, it's just not what's on the menu because it's just not, I mean, you, they probably could do it, but it's just Mm -hmm. not normal. It's not that it's, so you have to kind of stretch their, um, you know, way of thinking, which is difficult in a high volume setting and et cetera. So, you know, definitely can't fault them, but also you have to know what you're walking into. And, um, so, 
as you mentioned, um, you had out of hospital, well, all your babies were born at home. Um, right. but Enzo and thank you for saying all my babies. Of course. <laughs> of course. I mean, yes. Thank you. Um, but Edith and Enzo, well, Edith was born at a birth center and, and yes. Enzo was born at home. So what, mm-hmm. um, how did you choose a birth center for Edith? Well, um, so when we found out we were pregnant with Edith, uh, uh, I had already gone through my whirlwind of being angry at, you know, the doctor who told me I could never get pregnant and um, getting more into acupuncture and just learning to kind of take control. I'm not talking about Google university. I'm talking Mm. about like take control of listening to my body and listening to my wants and trusting in what my body could do. Mm -hmm. And, um, just, just, it it was a natural progression, you know, from that first doctor's visit to deciding that we wanted to birth at home. And then I thought, you know, um, well, you know, I heard, well, here's the thing. I heard about Margot mm, Kennedy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the living legend. Um, yeah. For this, um, this clinic or woman's center that I went to for my first, uh, ultrasounds with Edith. Cause I didn't even want to go to a doctor at that time. I was so furious yeah. at that time. Um, she told me about Margot and I read about Margot. I, like, <laughs> I have to know Margot. Mm-hmm. She was like, I don't know, some kind of angel in my mind. Mm. And so I um, heard, I read that she had a birth center in Highland Park and I stalked it and I'm like, no, no one's there. What is this? And so um, I found the number and I called and it had moved, as you know, Mm -hmm. to um, South Pasadena, the Del Mar Birth Center. And so I said to David, I really want to have uh, the baby at home but I really want Margot to deliver my baby. Oh. So, so let's just go check out this birth center. <laughs> so <laughs> we walked into the birth center and we were like, oh my gosh. So it was pretty great. Oh. And then I saw like the, the room, the spa-like hotel room mm-hmm. with, with every comfort for a birthing mom. Mm. And I said oh boy and all of these midwives are really great and it's like right across from the Fiore cafe where I like to eat my sandwiches (laughs) (laughs) all the right signs yeah so I'm like I think we should do it here and he agreed and so that's why you know we knew without you know Hi, baby. Aww. He wants to suck on my water bottle. Oh, yes. He does not like bottles. He's never taken a bottle. And he doesn't like sippy cups, but he likes my giant camelback that water bottle, which so is basically funny. half his body size. Right. <laughs> yeah. And can he suck from the straw? From the... He can, because you bite it. Like, he kind of clamps down on the nipple. On yeah. Nipple. Yeah. So you bite it, and then you suck the water through. So it makes brilliant, sense, actually. actually. Yeah. Yeah. For those babies refusing bottles, use a camelback. (laughs) Use a camelback. You just need like like 10 bags of milk from the freezer. Right, exactly. Yeah, to fill it up. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I knew, or we knew, but I knew that I wanted a water birth and I was excited about the birthing tubs there. And Mm. so as a first time mom who just kind of 
got into the natural birth world, I thought, this is great. I feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I think I'm I'm ready for a, a birth center birth. Mm-hmm. And then by the time Enzo came around, you know, I just wanted to be home and yeah. not leave. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because with your first was Sarah Obermeyer who who caught Enzo, was he was yeah. she there for Edith or Sarah was there and you were supposed I to be there. I was supposed to be there. I know. <laughs> oh my gosh. We were, you know, Shana's great. We love her and we love that she was there. But at the moment we're like, Haley's not here. We can't, <laughs> we can't do it. <laughs> oh, goodness. But, um, <laughs> no, we actually thought, that, like I actually said that Haley's not here. <laughs> this can't be the day. She's not here. <laughs> and Haley said we weren't having the baby yet. That's true. We were taking bets. And you're like, no, the baby's not coming. I know. Because like, she was due December 6th. And oh. she came, but I always said she was coming November 28th and wow. she did. So wow. There. She was a Thanksgiving baby, right? Or Yeah. Like I was making my mom's famous stuffing and my water broke and oh I just finished gosh. making the stuffing and I ate the stuffing. Incredible. <laughs> oh. But Sarah was there. She was on call and thank goodness because it was the most incredible mm. experience ever. It was so much fun and so peaceful. And I loved it. And so then you had, so that was in the morning that you went into labor and then you had Edith that evening, right? I was laboring all day, but it's so funny because, um, I'm going to pick him up again. It's so funny because I was waiting for a ton of pain Mm. with my contractions and, um, and I was in pretty good shape for Edith, less so with Enzo. Mm. I kind of slacked, but, um, you know, I was waiting for a ton of pain. So I had been laboring all day and they were like strong contractions, Mm -hmm. but, um, I, I didn't actually know, uh, that that was, that it was going to be so soon because the contractions weren't super painful. Wow. Um, it happened later in the evening. I don't know. I guess she was born at the eight o'clock hour. It happened in the evening time that things started to get more intense and I started throwing up at home. So Mm. we're like, Oh, you, you might be in transition. Yep. (laughs) So so we went to the birth center when I was, you know, already pretty much ready to go. In fact, I um, kind of got out of the front seat of the car and had to bend over, and I thought, oh, boy, I think we're going to have her in the parking lot, <laughs> which has been known to happen. It has. I have been there for a few. <laughs> yeah. um, so, wow, that's amazing. And did, it, did, it, did you feel excited that it was happening so soon, or was it like, oh, no, I didn't get to use all the accoutrements of the birth center, you know? Or- oh, no, I was so happy. Yeah. It was it was so peaceful. The lights were t- turned down low. Sarah and Shana left us to ourselves. Mm. So it was just David and I in the room. And he was so great because we took um, Kathy Killebrew's birth class. Um, and so we he had a whole visualization to walk me through with the ocean and mm. waves. And Aww. he he put a cool washcloth on my head and he was just amazing because his presence is 
never invasive. It's always just he's he's a fabulous space holder. Mm. He never invades space, so I never felt like I wanted him to get off or get sure. away. In fact, he's such a great space holder that I remember asking him if he needed some water or had Aww. to go to the bathroom. <laughs> like he's so amazing. Aww. So um, we were just happy. Like it was peaceful. Um, and she, you know, I remember we were laughing and singing and wow. I, I remember all of a sudden my body started doing something weird. It started, it felt like it started to swell, like mm. some kind of, just something I couldn't explain. And I, and I yelled, Sarah, what do I do in slow motion? And, uh, <laughs> and she just came back in the room and she said, do what your body tells you to do. And I said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and basically pushed Edith out. Yeah. Wow. Like, wow. You know, I never pushed once. My body pushed, but I never like physically bared down. Yep. My body did it. And Sarah just said, you know, your body will do it. And it did. And wow. it was amazing. Totally different than Enzo, but like, amazing. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I, I want to talk about as well, because I, I was there for that birth. So it was amazing to to, I mean, witness truly incredible, um, and, and support you through, but it's so interesting because typically the second birth or the second, you know, live, live child birth, there's a, it, it happens, you know, in half the time and it's, it's, it always feels, it's inherently different, you know, because it's a different, it's a different baby, but, um, but also usually the, you know, the first birth is, is the hardest and then, um, and then, you know, with the, with the second live child born, it can be easier. But from my understanding, it, you said it was more, yeah, challenging. Um, was this both physically and mentally for you? Yeah. Well, so first of all, my water didn't break with Enzo. With Edith, it broke beforehand and, uh, everything happened kind of textbook beautiful with Edith. Yeah. And, uh, and I was kind of cocky. I'm like, this is the way it's going to go. It's mm. my first birth. And I'm going, you know, and luckily it did. Go to where <laughs> it, <laughs> it didn't have to. Mm. So with Enzo, I thought um, everything's going to be the same, even though I knew, you know, yeah. probably not. Yeah. Or, you know, technically knew. But um, so my water didn't break. And he was like, what, two weeks overdue or something crazy? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. You know, and so the, uh, that was just nuts. And so he just, he didn't want to come out. And I felt he was very peaceful in there. But also I felt like, I really want to meet you. Mm. <laughs> um, so the first thunderstorm we had of the season in October, I went into labor. Wow. But I had had a really, really strong acupuncture session, kind of. I don't want to say induction because that's not what it is, but just yeah, encouragement a, of <laughs> a strong acupuncture session. Yeah, earlier that day, and um, I had already been feeling contractions, but I had been feeling contractions for days. Yeah, at that point. So, um, but it, the thunderstorm came and it got more intense, and so uh, you know, I thought, okay, so I'm going into labor, and I let David sleep, and mm-hmm. I let. Edith sleep and everyone was sleeping Mm. and um yeah so the contractions started feeling super 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 painful 
um, pretty quickly and, in the beginning. Yeah, pretty quickly in the wow. beginning, and it confused me because I had never felt that pain before. Yeah, um, not even in my fullest wide open here comes Edith phase of mm. my labor with Edith. Like I had never felt that pain before. So that was confusing. And then I remember just, it was very painful. <laughs> did you, did you check in with Sarah and was that a, like, did, did you feel worried or that he was coming right away or you knew? I did. I told her that, uh, around two in the morning I had a real, it's, it's as if he kind of dropped down. Yeah. I felt this kind of bang on my pelvic floor, like a punch. Mm. And, um, and I, t- and I just like, lost like I didn't lose it but just in my mind I thought I was gonna have to go to the loony bin like it was so painful (laughs) so Sarah was that was around two in the morning and she said she would come over yeah little guy so yeah and we got the birth tub ready in the living room so that distracted me a bit Mm. and um Edith woke up at about five in the morning Mm. I didn't get into the birth tub yet because I only wanted to get in when I was ready mm-hmm. to have him because I didn't want the water to get too cold. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Use it judiciously. Yeah. So um, Edith came out. She knew what was happening. We prepared her a lot beforehand. She was at every midwife appointment. She would help like swab my arm with alcohol before Sarah took blood she would um listen to the baby's heartbeat on the Doppler she so she was really prepared she saw lots of home birth videos she loved them that's great that's Um, so important yeah she was really really excited so it's like Sarah got there what time help me like like six yeah yeah and you got there at 6 20 6 30 mm-hmm yeah, yeah, it was early so in the morning. Before Sarah had gotten there, did I get in the pool? I think I did. I think I jumped in. Uh huh. Because <laughs> so you 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 were definitely in the tub when I got there, and that was okay. <laughs> shortly thereafter. Yeah, I think David said, "Do you want to wait for Sarah?" And uh, I had a contraction that just made me rip my clothes off. Yeah. <laughs> and the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So and Edith was in the tub with me sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. And, she was, she had her arm on my, her hand on my mm, back and mm-hmm. yeah, she was pretty sweet, but, um, ugh. with, yeah. um, with, so what I remember was, was at some point, and I think Edith was out of the tub. It was, it was like, you know, your whole labor and birth was incredibly fast. I mean, um, and, but there was a moment before you started pushing, that there was just sort of a hold in your in your labor pattern, and it, it wasn't speeding up and it wasn't slowing down, but you were just sort of in it. Do you remember? Do you remember this? I do, and it kind of makes me want to cry. It's yeah. It's, it, do you feel comfortable talking about it? Yeah, totally. I feel comfortable talking about it. Um, it's just it's so real. Mm-hmm. Um, so you and I have talked about this, but it's just like. You know, hearing your take on it and then me getting to go back and look at it all in retrospect, I definitely was holding on to the lost babies. Mm. I didn't trust that my little boy was going to be born alive. Wow. Yeah. Even though, like, 
he had been monitored. He was in there. He was coming down. His heart was beating. Yeah. Everything was fine. I thought, what's, what's going to be wrong? Mm. Uh-huh. And so obviously I wasn't thinking about that in the moment. Yeah. I was just kind of like probably trying to freeze time or yeah. something. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I just, I didn't trust that he was going to be born alive. <laughs> what happened? He just started. Oh, foot. buddy. Um, I thought, you know, he's not coming out alive. Wow. And I was afraid to Prayed for him to come out and and He's see and see him and see that he, yeah, your greatest fear yeah. come true. Absolutely. So um, yeah. So that was really hard. But you and Sarah sat on the sofa mm-hmm. and just became a space holder with David, mm. and I felt that you weren't pushing me no one ever said push no one even ever said you can do this Mm. you know because that's kind of like suggestive like do this right you know yeah you know like Like move through it more quickly yeah (laughs) man up girl yeah yep no one ever said you can do this no one said anything Mm -hmm. you guys sat there and waited for me to be ready Mm -hmm. and and you sat there supporting me without saying anything, which is also when I realized, like, the least you say, the better. He's mm. nursing right now. You can hear <laughs> Drinking. Um, yeah, it was amazing. And when I just, I can still feel you guys off to my left side. Mm. Like, I just, like, felt you guys there. And I'm like, okay, everything's fine. They're just sitting there calmly. Mm-hmm. If something was wrong, they wouldn't be sitting there calmly. Everything's fine. You know, yeah. the baby's fine. Yeah. And then I I think I let out a big sound, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. like a growl or a moan or something. Mm-hmm. And then he was ready to start to come out, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's, you know, the 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 beauty of knowing a client intimately and and having the honor to to be there for all of you know or to to know you through and support you through all of your births it was so clear to Sarah and I what was happening and we just sort of looked at each other and and just sort of yeah had to we just knew you were in that underworld space you know like you were you were traversing that whole plane of like of of saying goodbye or you know whatever it just it was it was so beautiful and heart-wrenching and and then yeah and then you like it makes me want to cry talking because it's like and then you know like because you had to find like a new version of yourself potentially too to birth this baby um, like you said, you know, like you were with the other losses, you were trying to find your, you trying, you were lost, but actually you were just trying to, you know, find, find yourself. And I think probably with every birth you have to like, there's a death and a rebirth, you know, of, of identity, yeah. of, of being a mom. And, um, yeah, you're birthing from a woman into a mother, from yep. a mother of one into a mother of two, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think after that howl or that big sound um I clearly remember the pain going away Mm, interesting like the physical pain and just being able to 
push him, which pushing felt so good. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. such a relief. Yeah. What? Wow. It was, what do you want to say? What do you want to say? Do you remember Enzo? He's smiling at no. the phone. And what, is, um, what does Edith say about the birth? Oh, my gosh. She drew – did I send it to you? No. She drew the most – I'm going to send it to you. Oh. She drew the most beautiful picture probably a couple months after the birth of – I think you and Sarah and me and David and her. Yeah. And um, and then Enzo is in my tummy. And I like she drew a stick figures, but then I have a round circle as my tummy oh. with a tiny <laughs> stick figure inside. That's very my tummy. Cute. And then I'm sitting in something round, which is the birth pool, and everyone has a big smiley face. Oh. <laughs> and it's really beautiful. And so like she loved the birth she sang to him as soon as he came out mm. while you were putting oxygen on him yep. which I didn't even remember but you told me mm-hmm. <laughs> oh. and uh, she was super happy to be a part of it and it's funny before I ever dreamt of having kids I thought oh gosh how could women want to put their child in the room with them mm. while they're having a baby like doesn't that frighten the child and why does the child need to see all of that sure and I would not have it any other way I mean Edith was so brave and she was so curious and she was curious about the whole process she was curious about you know where does the baby come out of and I said well you know and I explained when you poop where the poop comes out of and I said but yeah. you know this is this part of your body and a baby's going to come out of it and these both well, so, you know, like she yeah. loved the technical, wow. know, the technical parts of it. And she has no reference, no point of reference. She doesn't know that blood is scary. She doesn't know that. Yeah. Um, so she gets to see that this is natural and mm. this is what her mom did. You know, like her mom pushed her brother out of her belly. Yeah. And she was there, you know. She's a blank so. slate and that's so what a gift yeah. to give her, you know, to make that normal and not the other, which is so common for yeah. a lot of people of just knowing, yeah, that it's scary and painful and et cetera. Right. Um, and she's also, a, a, she was a perfect, I mean, it's also her personality to be curious and, and so sweet and maybe some, you know, children wouldn't necessarily be great for that, but also she is a perfect age for, if it was, if she was two, you know, that probably would have been harder to yeah. explain all those things and right. so on and so forth. Um, and we had a box for her full of new toys that she could play with during the longer parts of it. And she could go in her room. She could go anywhere she wanted. Mm-hmm. And then in fact, she was playing in her room and I called her into the living room when Enzo crowned mm-hmm. and asked her if she wanted to see her brother came, come out. And she said, yeah. And she came in. So. Mm-hmm. And that's so wonderful too, to give her a choice. I think, um, in the times that where I've been, um, there and other children have been there, you know, they clearly don't necessarily want to be there, but, but there wasn't nearly a choice and, or, you know, sometimes they just sort of get bored in labor. Like they just yeah. sort of want to go do something else. And so, um, so yeah, it's so great. It gave her a choice and not to feel forced to experience it, but that she wanted to. Oh, yeah. Um, well, Amanda, you are magnificent and I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm so glad we did this and talked about this and I'm such an honor to have you on the show. And is there any, are there any 
last words of, you know, to other expectant moms or moms who've gone through loss or anything you want to share that we haven't um, talked well, about? First, I want to thank you because you were such a huge part of both of my babies, mm. um, gestation and arrivals. Mm. And, uh, just like you're so special to David and I and we're we're just always grateful for you and always happy to see you and hear from you and uh I have to say that you coming into our birth and then finding out there that you were pregnant because we didn't know (laughs) that's right happy 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 treat for us oh you're so sweet Sarah checking me in the bed after I had given birth to Enzo and I said wait is Haley pregnant and you had already <laughs> left but yes she is 23 weeks I think you were oh yeah there. wow amazing and, memory um, yeah and so we were just so happy for you oh and so it so just sweet. made it extra special that you had a little one in your tummy that you were growing and mm. you came to to help us which you know being a pregnant woman can be exhausting and you oh. really we're generous. <laughs> I was I was truly so um, invigorated by that. I went to like a workout class like thirty minutes after I left. I was so like high after oh after God. your birth. I was like I could do I could like stay up forever. It was amazing. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I yeah. guess what I would want to say to to moms is that that you're right and whatever you feel is right and what you want is right and. Um, and that you deserve honor and respect for you and your child uh, throughout the entire process. And uh, whether it's your birthing a live baby or a lost baby, it's still a birth. You're still pregnant. And um, and it's huge. Mm. It's just, it's huge. And it's important. So that's what I would want to say. <laughs> Thank you so much, Amanda. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Milk Trails. I'm your host and midwife, Haley Oaks. Be sure to visit midwifemilktrails.tumblr.com to access the show's notes, view photographs, or leave your comments. Stay tuned about new episodes by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and tell all your pregnant friends about it. We'll catch you next time.